Welcome to the Bernadette Jackson podcast, where we are redefining how the world views women with daddy issues by discussing topics, sharing stories, and gaining insight, all from the perspective of a fatherless daughter. I'm your host, Bernadette of BernadetteJackson.com. So today, I wanted to talk about The Queen's Gambit. That is this show on Netflix that is talking about a chess prodigy and how she went from not knowing anything about chess to being the world champion, I think, in a Russian tournament. The show was so good. And I'm going to be honest with you. I had seen that the show was on Netflix for the longest time. And I said to myself, I'm not I'm not interested. I'm not watching it, period. But then what ended up happening is that I was on um, an IG page and they were talking about it and they gave a couple of snippets of the movie. And I was like, huh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll give it a whirl. One day I wasn't really busy and I had some extra time and I wanted to watch something so I decided to give it a chance and it was really good I'm really glad that I watched it I'm really glad that I did so this movie follows the life of the main character her name is Beth Harmon and she is a fatherless daughter now, I spotted this from the very beginning, and if you've seen the show, maybe you did as well. She was um, living with her mom, and we saw a couple of scenes throughout the series where it looks as if her father did try to um, come around and wanted to have a relationship with his daughter, but her mom just wasn't having it. I don't know what happened in their relationship prior to the scenes that we saw because the mom just seemed like she was adamant that the father should have absolutely nothing to do with their daughter. And it looked as if um, she was almost implying that he was dangerous or something. So I don't know what happened there, but I could see that the father at one point did want to maintain a relationship with his daughter and had been looking for them. And it also seemed as if this isn't the first time that the mom had run off and left. So he implied that he had actually tried to find them more than once. And this was the last time that he was going to do it. And the fact that we saw that Beth actually witnessed that scene between her parents was to me really telling of the type of trauma that was going to play out later on in very interesting ways. So Shortly after we see that, then the mom ends up committing suicide with Beth in the car. <laughs> I, I can't even fathom how Beth must have felt when she realized what was happening because 
as you go through the series, you realize from the memories that that we can see Beth having that her mom was clearly mentally unstable. And if this was an example of what having a complicated relationship with your mother is like, I... (laughs) I can't think of a better example, to be honest with you. Her mom seemed to have a lot of manic episodes in some of the scenes that we were seeing, the little snippets. And then to end it off with her just killing herself in the way that she did, it was really, really heartbreaking for me. Because there was so many other choices that she could have made. And it's almost as if she wanted for them both to be gone. It's like, why would you kill yourself in that way with your daughter being in the car? It's like, what could have possibly been going on with her where she thought that that was the only recourse that she had? But anyway... Beth then went to live in an orphanage and while she was there, she met a another orphan named Jolene and from the very beginning of her time at the orphanage, she and Jolene became really good friends to the point where um, they were almost like sisters. While she was at the orphanage, she stumbled across a janitor named Mr. Scheibel, and he is the one who actually taught her how to play chess. Now, this miniseries had so many different um, little innuendos and like things in it that really they didn't want to focus on, but it seemed as if it was like really interesting. I thought that Mr. Scheibel was going to be really creepy just from the way he looked and his demeanor, but he turned out to be a really nice man who just was very, very reserved and maybe didn't have the social skills or the people skills to to interact with um, Beth in any kind of way that would have been a little bit more warm. And also, maybe that's just his male energy. Who knows? But the orphanage was given these kids some pills that to me were I want to say they were tranquilizers. I think that's what I remember they called them. But they, I guess, were supposed to just subdue them in some way. But what it ended up doing for Beth was that it allowed her to recall what she had learned from Mr. Scheibel that day and to like practice in her mind the chess moves that she was learning. She also became addicted to these pills and she did not even realize that her addiction and her alcoholism and her promiscuity had a lot to do with the fact that she was fatherless. And so I just wanted to like go into that a little bit. 
Beth eventually was adopted by a family, but even as she was adopted into this family, the father in that um in that coupling, he did not seem like he wanted anything to do with Beth to begin with. And as a series progresses, we get to understand that the reason why the couple adopted Beth was so that the mom could have a companion while the father was away working outside of the home. And my mind is blown by their decision to adopt a child only for the wife to have some companionship because that's really a messed up reason to adopt a child, honestly. Like, it's very clear that they didn't think about the fact that they wanted to offer her a loving home or that they wanted to give her an opportunity um, to experience a real family. None of that. It was for completely selfish reasons. Now, Beth did absolutely survive in that situation and she made the best of it. And I commend her for that. And quite frankly, I expected nothing less from a fatherless daughter because we always absolutely make the best of the situations that we're in. And a lot of times we um, develop a lot of survival mechanisms that actually propel us to success because we don't feel like we have anyone to really count on. And this is exactly what Beth did in this movie where she just... Um, learned how to play chess so masterfully that she was able to capitalize on her ability and started to play in tournaments and started to win local tournaments, then regional tournaments, then world tournaments, international tournaments, and then eventually became like the, the chess master like the world chess master or international chess master um, at a young age after only being in the game for a couple of years. So I'm not surprised by her level of success because it's just what we know we have to do. And being a fatherless daughter, one of the things that we do is we make a way to succeed where we often don't see a way because honestly, we don't have a choice. But there are some things that stood out to me about the movie that I really wanted to get into. So like I said earlier, um, Beth, to me, had a very um, addictive personality. She was an alcoholic and she also was um, addicted to these pills and she wanted to use the excuse of uh, the fact that the pills was helping her to be a better chess player that she could not recall the the games or the moves to practice them in her mind unless she had these um, tranquilizers that allowed her to get into some kind of psychedelic state that really helped her to really unlock the portion of her mind that she thought was unavailable to her when she was lucid. And so she used that as a crutch for a very long time to continue to take these pills. But there were some scenes in this movie that really, really speak to 
the types of struggles that fatherless daughters have. One of them in particular was when she um, had started to get closer to this character named Harry Beltic. He was also a chess player. And um, he started to like her. And I think that at one point he really wanted to be in a relationship with her. And he was in town for maybe a couple of months and I don't remember what it was for but he was in town for a couple of months and he was going to just uh, rent an apartment and stay downtown but Beth had offered uh, him to stay in her house and um, in staying there you know they play chess together obviously they talked and stuff like that but there was this one time where they were drinking laughing and it turned into a sexual encounter so after they had sex harry was um sleeping or laying down next to her in bed and beth just pulled open a magazine and started reading the magazine as if nothing had ever happened. And Harry was just confused. He thought that, I'm sure he thought that they were going to cuddle. I'm sure he expected her to be warm and inviting and for the moment to continue. But she was done. Like after the sexual experience, she was done. She started smoking a cigarette. She was looking through the magazine. She was looking at him like, you know, what's going on? Is there still something happening here? And I'm telling you in that scene, if struggling with intimacy in relationships was a person, it would have been Beth Harmon in that scene. That is a classic example of the kinds of struggles that we have in relationships, not knowing anything about how to how to interact in moments like that outside of sex, you know? She had absolutely no issue with giving her body to whoever wanted it, to whoever showed interest. Now, she wasn't out there like throwing herself at people, but if someone showed her interest and he wanted to have sex, she was down. She did not say no. And it's just so interesting to me to see it played out in the way that it was. So now we are have now we're thinking about like, okay, there's a couple of different things here that, you know, Beth has going on. She has the addictive personality. She definitely struggles with intimacy in relationships and everything. She's brilliant. You know, I don't want us to forget that. But then there's also the coalition that she built. And this is the part of the movie that I really, really enjoyed seeing. Our coalition, the people who we end up choosing as our family, as our support system is so incredibly important. And through the years, like through her experiences with chess and the tournaments that she won and everything, she got to build relationships with other chess players who didn't really want anything from her except to see her win, except to, you know, just be there for her for different things. One of those people was Benny Watts. I thought that um, they were going to end up being together and that 
it was going to be like a happily ever after kind of thing. And honestly, this is just who I am. Okay. Like I can't change that. I really love a good love story. I was rooting for it. I was really hoping for it because he seemed like he was able to um, really help her to control her addictions. And he was good for her in that he told her exactly what she needed to hear. And it was coming from a place of love, not criticism or judgment. But they ended up just being friends. And you know what? That's good too, because she still had that from him. So she built up this coalition with all of these different people. And then the last episode where she was playing the game of her life that would have just resulted with her being like the international chess champion, I think. All of her friends came together over the phone to walk her through how she was going to beat who was currently like the world chess champion at the time. And when I say that I had tears in my eyes at that scene, okay? Because I cannot ever get over when people show up for someone else, especially for fatherless daughters, okay? Like there are just so many times when people just don't show up for us at all. And a lot of times we really need that and we don't know how to express it. We don't know how to say that this is what we need, but it's something that we're yearning for. So when friends come together or family comes together and shows up in our time of need without being asked, it always touches me. When they called her in Russia, okay, in 1920, when this movie I think was supposed to be based from, do you know that they had to call collect to Russia, how much money that must have been, but to have them all there on the other line, just saying that we studied all of your opponent's games. This is what we think you should do. We've been up all night debating it. Here's the steps. We want you to, you know, to play it out. I mean, I cried, honestly, because that is exactly what you want in your life. I've talked about this in a previous episode about building your coalition and how important it is to have people who see you, who understand who you are, who can meet you in your darkness and pull you out into the light, who inspire you and motivate you. Those type of people really help you to feel like you are chosen because we often don't feel chosen by our fathers. So that scene really got me. And I really, really enjoyed watching this little mini series. And if you haven't seen it, 
you should go and watch it. It was really good. Maybe just with the conversations that we've been having about fatherless daughters, you might be able to see some of what I'm saying about, you know, like just the dynamic of how a fatherless daughter interacts in relationships and how Beth Harmon interacted with men in this movie and just also how she was with both her real mom as well as her adoptive mom because that relationship was also very complicated. She had two complicated relationships with two women who were her mom. And it was just so interesting to see that a lot of the different fatherless daughter trigger points that usually play out in our lives were showcased in this mini series in such an interesting way. So that's it. That's my commentary for The Queen's Gambit. And if you're interested, keen continue listening. Um, I think I'm going to be doing this a lot more often because I really enjoy talking about shows and movies that I've seen that has either a lead or a supporting character that's a fatherless daughter and just how it actually like plays out in terms of uh, the development of their character. I'm really enjoying these these little talks here. So if you want to comment or if you also have an idea or if you have um, anything to say about what we talked about here today, I'd love to hear it. You can reach me in the DMs at Bernadette N. Jackson. That's B-E-R-N-A-D-E-T-T-E-N-J-A-C-K-S-O-N. So that's it. I'm signing off. I will see you on the next one. Bye.